Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. I've got with me documentary filmmaker Dominic Wade. Hello, Dominic. Hello, Stuart. And you've come on this week's podcast to talk about Doco Banksy. Do you want to give us a brief introduction as to what that is before we delve into it? Like, Yeah, Doco Banksy is um, it's a documentary about the world of Banksy. It's uh, a nose at the doors that's sort of open, but it. We're not. I feel when you get close to, to the inner workings of the Banksy camp, it goes quiet, and we all kind of understand why, and maybe we all want it to, to stay quiet. So um, it's a found film um, that I'm not claiming I've directed. I've I found this footage and started filming his artwork off the walls, and did the first interview at the Swiss Embassy, where there were all those Banksies. There's, I, I understand, I think it's fair to say, they were hidden for a few years. They were, they were put down there in 2000 to celebrate the turn of the millennium and to, to help Switzerland rebrand, to become cool and all that kind of stuff. And, and then Banksy grew into this art phenomenon, I guess, over the period of 2000 to sort of 2008. And then The Guardian ran the story. And... Um, and then I was let in there with my camera to look at all this stuff that's, well, it's no doubt still in there, car park being, because it's a dry car park, so it's just being looked after. And, and then I just went from the second interview, I think, was, was Akris Deeper in Knightsbridge, who, he, you know, he has a go at selling. He's tried to sell a big Banksy painting for a million pounds. Um, and then, and then yeah, there's just, and then there's, I've all, yeah, all the interviews in the film, I've, I've had a close involvement with, Banksy, be it, or, you know, degrees of closeness, like a shop owner who's had a piece on on the side of their business. Um, Kate Brindley, she was the museum director at the at the uh, Bristol show. Ivan Masso made this film, a bit like mine, that I don't think has been that widely seen, called Banksy's Coming for Dinner and Joan Collins is in it. Yeah, no, I, haven't, did... I hadn't seen that, to be honest with you. It was news to me watching your documentary, seeing that. Yeah, and, and that, whole, you know, it's like not being cynical about it. It's like, did Ivan make, Ivan's a wealthy individual, you know, he's, he was Tory party advisor. He made a lot of money through gay insurance. Um, you know, there's all the, there's all the things of early wealth. He had a Ferrari, but then apparently he tried to commit suicide in his Mayfair flat. And so did he make this film to, to, as, as, a, as a tax break or, he maybe made it in that reason, but also when I interviewed him, I believe you know I believed him. He was he was well into the Banksy Banksy's art. You know he he liked Banksy's art, so he's like, I'll make this film that again maybe like mine does to some degree, but he attempted a bit more the bending of <laughs> what reality is. I mean, Banksy's in Ivan's film, isn't he? <laughs> uh, maybe I who you know. Well, no, that, that, that's the fascinating thing about your film. But before we get into that, just just. Quickly rewind a second. You said at the start there that this is found footage and not your, you know, not your film, but you've filmed interviews as well. So where yeah, okay. where 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 does the documentary blur between the footage you've found, the footage you've taken, interviews you've done? Maybe all the way through it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 
like you know, it's up. It's, I'm here to I'm here to not say too much at times. Really? <laughs> you know, I mean, Stuart, I've been mistaken for being Banksy online, and we kind of understand why that would happen. Yeah. Because who is he? You know, I and and the way the way the stickers present themselves, they've got the way they've got the words Banksy on them, and the font looks quite similar to the font on Wall and Peace. So people from afar who don't know me mm. might think. I'm Banksy or I've got something to do with the Banksy camp and in some ways I have or you know I haven't <laughs> you know I'm 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 one of I'm a, I'm I'm definitely one of the I'm a biographer of Banksy that that is that is clear isn't it um yeah I mean were you, you it struck me certainly from the notes you sent me that this I guess it started quite innocently in the sense that you just were documenting this artwork before it disappeared i'm guessing uh, didn't you yeah I, I, a and, kind of innocent and, pursuit really yeah, yeah that that was um you know i um this is how i became aware of banksy i have i do believe i've got a pretty clear memory of going into the design museum in the early 2000s and picking up one of the self-published black books that he did he did one called cut it out one called existentialism and one called banging your head against a brick wall okay i can't remember which one i picked up but I remember seeing the Banksy tag on the front or back of the book and I looked at it and I obviously kind of understood what it was to some degree. There was, you know, there's text in there and there's photographs of graffiti, but I did, I put the book down and didn't buy it and, and then, and walked out of the design museum and, and forgot, didn't I, you know, didn't, wasn't, wasn't, that was, that didn't hook me. I wasn't then right. I'm on, I'm now going to go and find out more yeah. when I believe it really, it really sort of, clicked with me and, I, and my interest yeah heightened a lot was the pulp fiction piece that was put up um at old street i was then right so there's somebody called banksy who does this kind of artwork and and so i, I filmed i filmed that piece um that was because that piece was done twice there was like the first time was you know the kind of close rendition to the frame from from pulp fiction with john travolta and Samuel L. Jackson holding the bananas as guns. Then it got dogged over and, and what have you, because that's the nature of the culture. Then Banksy went back and put John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson in banana suits. Um, I may well have gone up there and painted something and that got referred to in the Daily Mail. Um, and, and, then, and then, yeah, and then I was doing things like taking that footage on DVD and going to the Apple Store and John Lewis at Blue Water and playing the footage um, on their TVs and taking photos of that footage um, in, in there, thinking what, hey, look at me, I'm a bit clever, taking some of Banksy's artwork into, into, into a mainstream shop and letting it play and just, just continuing his, continue, just promoting his message, really. And then, um, then I, I scooted home from work one day and saw the graffiti removal hotline piece being removed on the Pentonville Road. I took some mobile phone pictures of that. I emailed that to Banksy and or whoever was at the other end of the email, got a nice reply um, and got sent a die face tenor signed and three stickers and, a, and, one, and the black book banging your head against a brick wall. The die face tenor I sent, I scanned. That's, the back and front scan is up on the internet, so that's people can do whatever they want with that note scan. And I've made over 10,000 Doco Banksy stickers 
in there's been six kind of different um, why, why are you reworkings. doing this sti- why the why the sort of volume of stickers i mean that was a kind of I don't know, try, trying to sort of make a you know the crude thing of like look it's fucking big and there's lots of numbers and people might pay attention and like i you know i tried to get a hundred thousand backed and fronted notes because um, if you think about what that barrister's saying in your documentary i mean it sort of flies in the face of the way the way art works isn't it what you're doing in that sense, yeah, um, I mean, you know, have I tried to subvert the subverters? What does that, you know, is that is that what I've been doing? Or no, 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 no. I wasn't so much subverted, but just just the idea that you know the value attached to Banksy and the value attached to any art is kind of the purest capitalism because it's it's the scarcity versus yeah. the over de, you know the over demand that gives it its value. You know, once people, you know, as, as was perfectly shown in that recent um, Central Park scam that Banksy yeah, yeah. did not do where <laughs> people were buying screen prints as they thought for $60 or um, bargaining them down to $30 and they were in fact buying Banksy's and somehow a $30 screen print becomes a 100000 screen print because you then know it's a Banksy. That's an amazing thing, isn't it, in value? Yeah, and, and, and Stuart, and I think the, maybe it's helpful, but I, this is the way I see the Die Face 10 Hmm. It's an artwork. It definitely is an artwork, and mm. it exists in the single cut notes, and they are signed or unsigned. I've made copies of those. Mm. The one, I, but only like under a hundred, I think. Um, and and then there's there's a, a, a one of fifty edition of the notes. Um, uh, there's ten or twelve on that sheet. Now, yeah, the ten or twelve sheet uncut is worth. It has sold for around, you know, £20,000, £17,000. Yeah. Um, the single notes, though, I, the single notes and also maybe the, the, the uncut notes when they could still be cut and made into single notes, I understand them to fall into fraud as well. Um, now, so that means things, that just means things like, I get, you know, the, uh, the thing I was sent was a gift and so... I will never sell that. I, I don't. You, why would I sell it? It would be. I, I think it would be very silly to sell it. I would never get it again, no doubt. So, like you've just said, there's some scarcity in that. It's just an envelope, three stickers, a book, and a die face tenor with 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 a pencil signature, which maybe it may have been done by Banksy. Hmm. Um, they must. They would not. I don't believe they'd issue an, a certificate of authenticity. For the note, because because you cannot self-incriminate, um, or you can, but it's not very wise to do that. And that's <laughs> that's that's one of the. This is one of this is one of the interesting conversations around street art and graffiti, isn't it? That I don't know. Most I don't think I I would have thought maybe most of us are not interested in new legislation being brought in so that we are all free to go and deface other people's properties. Um, I don't think anyone's interested in that. Um, I think people are, and I am, you know, we're very interested in art and and why what it does to you. It, it makes you smile. And, and even little things like, you know, somebody on the Facebook pro- profile for Doco Banks yesterday takes a picture and makes, and, and, and makes me aware of somebody's drawn a stick figure with cock and balls saying even Banksy had to start somewhere. Now, yeah, it's not, it's not hugely accomplished art, but it's, no, it, it's like Dave Shrigley. It's that style. It, it, it does, it lightens the day, doesn't it? Yeah, you yeah, yeah, no, without a doubt. And, and that's what Banksy has done for me, and I've had, I always, you know... I but, is, but, is, but, but Dominic, is that about 
there's graffiti and then there's a, there's a dialogue and you, you, that person took the photograph clearly either did the piece to show you or or experienced this personal thing where it go look at that it's talking to me I'm laughing so therefore we've had a good exchange it's worth that graffiti being on the wall versus someone writes fuck you or Sarah's a slag and then yeah, suddenly that just is graffiti it doesn't have any inherent value and no, it, well, then you're moving into another area of... But, but I would say, though, mates of Sarah the Slag are going to find it either funny or offensive. So there's, there, there still is that you know, that dialogue. It just doesn't have a, a, a universal or broader appeal, maybe. Uh, and, and that was also, you know, with, as I understand what happened in New York and stuff with all, the, with all that stuff, you know, at time, that, was, that was a sort of... It was a closed community, but then, you know, the photographer, Marsh, um, Martha Cooper, she left her staff job at the New York Post and went and photographed it. Hmm. And, and so was immediately sharing it with the wider world. But but the the sort of inner workings of that graffiti world, because, you know, you looked at you look at the letters. Even now you look at those 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 freehand pieces. Sometimes you don't you can't you can barely make out the letters. So. The name's not being communicated to you, but they are at times they're abstract art, aren't they? So oh. that that's where they that's where they get put into that box of that's where they fit. And um and you know, and something however you want to say it, something special, something interesting certainly happened in New York. And and New York was in economic decline around that time. So what people were looking they People want to be happy, don't they? People, people want to be happy, and people want enjoy expressing themselves with with paint, photographs, whatever. So, so those kids were were they were what they were dealing. That was how they dealt with what not having lots of money. And I mean, they were stealing the paint, weren't they? And and they were going to the. But, train but the thing, the thing is, in terms of art, the received wisdom is it become you know nothing is art until it is kind of wrapped around a gallery, and then it becomes. It becomes art, doesn't it? You know, people then can walk in a gallery confidently knowing whether it's a pile of bathroom sponges or a beautiful painting, they know it's art. Whereas out in the street, it, it there's a debate, isn't there? Just like you know, like we're having now. You can't you can't define it. People have have now defined what Banksy does as art, and there is graffiti, you know, that that never the twain shall meet. But I'd imagine Banksy would was graffiti first, art second. Yeah, but, but and but the, it's 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 curious. The definition when you look and at art the has value, doesn't it? Whereas graffiti supposedly doesn't, and and it's just and when you look at the when you look at the definition of graffiti, it, it seems to refer to like you know the old this, it's scratchings on walls. It, yeah, you know where you're just where which is you know millions and millions and millions of people have done that. You know, it happens on trees, doesn't it? Where you. You know, people. Well, I mean, I used, to, I used to work in a department thing. store, and every every day it was a, it was funny to read the new lewd message that some of your colleagues that you didn't never know had done it had written on the toilet wall. You know, yeah. and and obviously yeah. you weren't meant to do it, and if you've got found out, you got fired. Yeah, but yeah, no, exactly. We enjoy we enjoy that, and 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 you see, and Banksy Banksy made a book about that kind of that that is graffiti. That you know, it, you know he. Just, just what anyone, anyone writes something on a wall, and then, um, and you see, and you see, the thing is, it's seen, isn't it? It's seen by mm. people, and so 
when you when you go and do that, when you go and when you go and put a message, whatever it is, on a public space, you know that it's going to be seen by what do you? I mean, at minimum tens of people, possibly hundreds, mm. maybe thousands, and that's 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 interesting to. A so, lot what what is it then that um, creates so much awe around Banks's work that? Obviously... I would have thought it's the it's one surely one of the things is is who is he and and that's not known and 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 in, and that kind of is different to the celebrity culture Banksy is the antithesis of I'm famous for being famous for being photographed at this pub at this bar on the on the on at the Cannes festival he's it seems just I you know it or it began of I just want to do this work you know I just want to do this work and I'm just going to do it and and I'd like people to enjoy that but I I don't I don't want to interface with the public and and talk about what you know what he's done i mean i mean he does to some degree obviously kind of in exit through the gift shop he gives some ideas of 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 how things work but but exit through the gift shop is not mainly a film about banksy it's a film about mr brainwash which does you know directly or and indirectly kind of comment on the art world and um you know, I mean, people describe Exit Through the Gift Shop as like Spinal Tap. It's, you know, the art world is... It's Emperor's New Clothes, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Pardon? It's, it's Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah, Exit yeah, Through the I Gift mean, Shop. It shows, you, it shows you how easily... I mean, it was, that was interesting for, like, on, the, on the two... The two people that stood out for me in the documentary was Ivan Masso for one, because maybe he can afford to be, maybe that's the reason why, but he, he, he was... A, a, a sometimes the most critical because he referred to the kind of politics of Banksy as being, I think, juvenile or something like that. You know, they're all kind of like yes or no kind of comments. Yeah. Um, but equally, when he was discussing the um, the wheel, the, the the market traders wheelbarrow that had been graffitied, and somebody paid fifteen thousand and then took the art off the wheelbarrow. Mm. And I was I was kind of with him on the fact that, and it's the same principle as people take them off the wall. It's you know, and, and I think the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club promoter guy was saying the same thing, you know, that part of their charm and part of their appeal is where they are and what they are in, in that context. You take them out of it, you just reduce it to a picture. Yeah. And another an analogy I draw, Stuart, is those street pieces in some ways are like advertisements, billboards for the other products that you can buy in the range. Now, most of us, you don't buy the billboard for L'Oreal shampoo, do you? There yeah. is not a market for that. And and the Banksy camp, it would seem, doesn't try to um, uh, promote and, and grow that market of street pieces, which is partly to do with the legality of, of not own if you if they know you've if you know you've done something illegal on a wall. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to tell everyone, and so it, you know, it, it's quite, you know, yes, it gets us, it gets kind sort, it gets authenticated, I suppose, or it gets credited to come from the from the Banksy organisation when it's when a photograph is put on his website. But you know, it's, I, you know, I, I, 
I imagine you know they are they are taking they are taking very good legal advice and are presenting themselves to the world in a way that means you know they don't they don't they don't get into any difficulties um and and Stuart I've had no difficulties with them um I've been described as an unauthorized documentary by them not directly to me but to a a, a, a small farm that um organic farm shop that screened my film so I, I can't disagree with that um but that email sent with no name um, attached to it. So how how do you think someone so world famous continues to remain aloof in terms of the public I, gaze? I, I, I mean, is it is it that you know he basically is quite a reasonable guy and you know has been? I mean, the little thing that I was sent. It's a nice gesture, isn't it? it it's a nice gesture, <laughs> or it, and and it's good marketing, isn't it? Well, it's yeah. quite unique in this day and age, isn't it? So it makes it makes it immediately sellable as a, as, a, as a USP doesn't it yeah and and Stuart if I think when you when any I think when any of us stop and think a bit about this thing's been going on for a long time now what bit how much information would have to be presented for the reveal to happen and he no doubt is the only one who could reveal himself because you know the the practice you know the a photograph of somebody on the internet or just a photograph that you are shown, somebody shows you a photograph of a man and says to you, that's Banksy. Well, how do you confirm that that is Banksy? Well, um, I, mean, I guess that's the beauty of it, isn't it? In this day and age where there is CCTV and there is the internet which holds all this personal data of ours and blah, blah, blah. Actually, it becomes intrinsically more difficult to just say, this is someone. The moment you've got any doubt, is the moment you 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 can't claim it, and I guess that works lovely with with what he's doing with his artwork. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, well, obviously, I, I I've spoken to quite a few people about the project, and you know, I meet people in quick casual conversation at a film festival and stuff, and they say, "Oh, yeah, no, I met Banksy at, at um, when when Exit Through the Gift Shop was shown." And it's like, fine, that's good, and it's interesting to hear that, and and they say to me. But I knew that I'd met him after we'd parted ways and somebody told me I'd just met Banksy. That is quite backwards. And well, no, not, that, that made... That, there's a that, standout... That's not, usually, that's not usually how we meet people. No, 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 no. And that makes me want... That, that was one of the standout quotes I wrote down, is that uh, the old fella, in particular, in the Bethnal Green Workers Club, was, was really fascinating because, one, he wasn't, play, he wasn't playing to type because he was, quite, he was celebrating Banksy's work quite a lot. But um, to describe Banksy as the nearest thing we've got to Jesus is is it's like what you've described there, where where people meet meet this person and then moments hours later they go, I've been touched by the hand of Banksy. You know, is that you know as if as if that's a sort of badge of honour? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know I you know he's as we know with all this stuff. You know, he's like he he is a person like we all are. Um, but he has, you know, he there is something, something's been created that has captured, as you know, that old, as as said a lot, has captured a lot of people's imaginations. Has, has what has helped to continue a movement. I mean, it, it, you know, it it began. I mean, however far back you want to take it, you could say right. Did it begin? You could say it began with the caves. You know, the cave paintings. That's a form of street art, or you know, painting on walls, and then. Then, as we say, you have to talk about New York and what happened there. 
then there's the you know Black Lorat in the early eighties going to going on to the Paris streets with the stencil and and then and then and then back yeah, and then it's and then Banksy is you know beginning you know beginning in the nineties and and taking it through into the into the two thousands and um, you know and and he, he's you know the New York things are just I mean that's another big push from him isn't it a month. A month in New York, a month in a big city, um, which is you know a mouthpiece to a, a large, a large audience to 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 hope you know to know that keeps some money coming in from the artwork and and I think some of the and some of the pieces again he was it was it was it was strong stuff I, I, you know the the the, the um, as you said the the canvases that were for sale I mean Stuart I tended I sort of tried to think. That if I'd walked past those canvases, would I have bought one? I may have just thought, no, nah, but maybe they're just, you know, they're just fake knockoff ones. And 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 we perceive that you, if if they truly are genuine Banksies and will be authenticated and stuff, yeah, we don't understand that you buy those for sixty dollars, do we? We understand you buy those for the likes of fifteen thousand pounds. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know if you listen to the um, the Reese lectures with Grayson Perry lately. Did you listen to any of those? No. Right. No. Great. Grayson Perry, obviously now a world-renowned artist that we know who they are. And um, one of the questions in the final lecture was, you know, well, what, you know, you're, you're talking about art for everyone, but your artwork is costs a hundred thousand pounds. And he go, and he just turned around. And he said, well, if you'd have come and bought one fifteen years ago, you could have had one for fifty quid. Yeah. And it's only the art market that said it. He hasn't said they're a hundred thousand pound. No, no. It, it, this is all. That is always the interesting thing, isn't it? it? It's never as simple as right. Hello, I'm an artist. Yeah, they're two million quid each. It, mm. it, it, it never happens like that, does it? It's it's this. It's this. It is very. It's fascinating. What are, what are people buying? You know, I mean, Acaris summed it up. He's like, what are some people just? They're just spending the money on the signature. That, that it's that contact with somebody, isn't it? It's that. Is that that's what you 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 admire you are interested in what they do and you would like to know them and and what a, a, an original work is what is nearly is 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 it like meeting somebody and and hanging out with them and and if you have that original in your home it's like are you like well I'm I've got you know I'm with I'm with Warhol every day <laughs> you know I I, I mean well, yeah, no, no, I mean, I mean I'm, I've I've been lucky enough to write about artists in the past and I've been given pieces of work by people you know and that was wasn't when they were particularly valuable at the time mm. but as a result they have become valuable yeah you know and that's and that there was nothing to do with anything i've done no <laughs> and, and and at the time you wouldn't have predicted it no no i mean <laughs> and you... you've got you've got something like you know like the rca postcard exhibition that's coming up soon and you know the, the whole thing about oh i hope i get a damien hurst or i hope i get a tracy emin well uh, the reality is the better thing to get is the next Damien Hurst because yeah. if you've got a postcard by someone that turns out to be as successful as Damien Hurst, yeah. that is part of their legacy as opposed to just a, a yeah. throwaway and, piece of art they did at the tail end of their career. Yeah, and, and, and Stuart, that's what I'm doing in Manchester, isn't it? I'm with, I'm with a street artist who calls, him name, who calls himself Stewie. He's having a show, having a show at, um, on Deansgate at a... Um, where dwell used to be um, okay there's you know there's big big pieces of um by stewie and 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 
you know, yeah, well, we don't know. Stewie could end up being me. Could could be, you know, he's 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 produced quite a body of work, and 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 things can hopefully only grow from here. And and I've been with Stewie just since the beginning, just taking photographs and and talking to him about what he does, and and I'm genuinely interested in it. And my mum's got one of his canvases above her. She likes cats, and he's done a cat, so she's got a canvas above her fridge, and and Stewie's given me a screen print and stuff. So. Yeah, it, there is because a lot of what this stuff is is like you've just said it, it's it's the new that people are at times with we we are people are very interested in that and and like you said and Bank, Banksy is now a bit like Hurst and what have you. It's like yeah, he's established, he is there, and he is kind of sitting there. But and, e- but equally and, because of the anonymity of of who he is as an artist, the brand is just in the name, so he might as well be president of Nike. You know, in some senses, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because because what what does the president of Nike have to do with a pair of trainers on your feet? Yeah, very very little. But you wear you wear that Nike brand with pride, as it were, because yeah. that's how branding works. Now, if you have got yourself an authenticated bank set, and, and obviously we know all the kind of Damien Hurst has lots of helpers and doesn't do his spot paints and all that kind of shit. But but really, they are, he he claims them to be Damien Hurst, and he stands up there and says, "I'm Damien Hurst. That's my paintings." Whereas Banks is doing the opposite, isn't he? He's putting his work out there, and well, I understand them. I think there's, a, there, you know, there's a team to some degree, isn't there? As in, if you take, if you look at Exit Through the Gift Shop, surely two of the other key co-creators, you know, of that work, the the guy who edited the film, mm. um, the producer, um, Mr. Brainwash, who shot the footage. So, you know, there is, you know, there, it's he's. You know, he's not just—he's not just the one-man band. I don't think that he. Well, and, and, and neither is Damien Hurst, for that matter. And that's the, the important thing. I mean, the gallery sums it up brilliantly, doesn't he? He—he, he, he, I mean, he's—he's he's quite contradictory, and uh, in some senses, because quite rightly, he talks about I don't want to just fleece a customer for half a million pound. I'd rather work with them for twenty, thirty years, and get more money out of them. So, in a way, he's still saying I want to profit out of them as much as I can, but it's kind of he's saying there's a kinder way of doing this. It works for both of us, you know. And well, the thing that happens with the artists, and I don't know, I don't know that it necessarily happens. I'm not sure if it happens really with the, you know, through the likes of Aquarius and Deeper. But when works are auctioned through Christie's and Bonhams, at times artist rights are applied um, because, like we know, everyone needs um, an income from what they do. To allow them to eat and to um, have a roof. Oh yeah, no, no, no. But if a guy to continue to invest back in the work that people are saying they're interested in. No, no, sure, sure. But if you're you're represented by a gallery and a gallery sells your work, they they could have a customer that that they know could afford to pay half a million pound. Is what he's saying. But Mm -hmm. I'd rather, but he'd rather sell them for a hundred thousand pound and sell ten or hundred thousand pound to him in the in the end and get a million out of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's wanting to try, you know, like he he want, you know, he wants to. Yeah, I mean, Acris has got a reputation to 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 hold up, and 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 people like that don't. I'm not knocking know. him. I'm just I just just observing the contradiction. It's it's quite nice. Yeah, no, and I mean he, I mean he he says, you know, the art world is is it's a paradox. It's just contradictory. It's kind of because in one breath the stuff's not worth it, and then in the other breath it absolutely is. And one example, you know, I watched. I watched a Warhol documentary that was broadcast on Channel 4, I think, in about 2002. You know, there's a collector who spent 
in the region of quarter of a million dollars on Andy Warhol's cookie jar collection, which was, I think, just over 100 cookie jars. Those cookie jars are not worth that money. But because of the association of, with Warhol, well, they are. He On that day, that man, um, you know, was like, this, this makes financial sense to me. But isn't, I mean, isn't the entomology of, of our artefacts, and if, if biscuit tins of Andy Warhol are anything, then they're artefacts, aren't they, of Andy Warhol, the artist? Yeah, and, and they have been... They have been touched by the creator. They have been selected by the creator, which is a bit like the selection of today I buy some blue paint and some yellow and some green. Those are the tubes. And I take this brush and I make and I paint on the canvas in that way. The cookie jars are slightly like that, are they? I went to a flea market and I bought the cookie jars and... He will have presented them and, and was saying that he found them interesting and 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 so is maybe the artist in that instance is not saying there are but is saying some creative process took place to make the jars so well no no not that even. it's like it's like people that buy Sid Vicious's bondage trousers they weren't art but you're not going to bloody wear them are you but no. people pay a lot of money for them because they are an artifact of what was the Sex Pistols. Yeah. What would, I mean, having done the documentary, um, which doesn't seek to reveal his identity, more to explore the myth and how that excites people, I think, and, and what excites you about his work, I guess. Um, what do you say to the media that wants to reveal him? I don't know whether you're just fucking wasting your time. Well, not that they're wasting their time, because... Stuart, when the Daily Mail did the, 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 that, that piece in 2000, was it, two, I think it was 2009, July 2009, you know, that piece gave a lot of promotion for Banksy. So the Banksy camp will have no doubt been like, we're all right with this. But also it helped sell, you know, some copies of, 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 um, of the Daily Mail. So it's fine. I just, Stuart, I just think, as far as I understand, and it's not that I know uh, know the whole picture of the Banksy camp, I've just experienced, when I feel I've got close, it's just like, um, there is uh, nothing to say. You are, can we have a little chat? Can we have an interview? On no, no, I don't know anything about it. You know, there, it, there is this, there is this, there's this barrier and, 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 you know, and we and we just kind of understand why. So it's like, in you know, you to go hammering down the reveal, you're gonna, you, you know, the, you know, an editor, an editor who's kind of, an editor who's like, right, we're gonna do the reveal, and we're gonna, we're just gonna get it done, and that's that's the what we've got to get done. The pressure that they may feel of like we're failing, we're failing, we're failing, and also what publicly as well. How does how does it feel to kind of go? Guess what part of our working credit is? We reveal bank who Banksy is. I mean, might might that organising organisation get get fucking mobbed or you know even in whatever ways? Even just you know, or you could, they could get foul phone calls. They could just. I mean, what do they stand to gain? You know, do do they stand to gain millions and millions of pounds or you know, what does it do to their reputation to 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 unveil somebody and possibly also 
what does it start to fall into really invading somebody's privacy? You know, the, the doorstepping that you can do as a journalist is pff, tricky, isn't it? It's not, it's morally a, a, a kind of, it's a, it's a funny, it's not a comfortable area, is it? Just knocking on somebody's door going, right, we, the public, have a God-given right to know who you are. You sit there and you tell us what you are. It's like, we're allowed, we're allowed privacy, aren't we? No, yeah, no, and, and what's interesting is that you know, obviously in this world of promotion, where everything is kind of defined. I mean, if, if you read any kind of promotional literature for a gallery, and you see the way the work's described, and then you look at the work, you're often wondering what drugs people were on when they wrote that marketing literature. Um, mm. So that often means that's why the artist is presented, so they can extend that that that. Um, that, that process of dis- of discussing the work in that way, justify almost justifying it, which helps to justify maybe some values that they've attributed to it. But whereas Banksy is 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 being promoted by not promoting, it's in fact that the the it's the inverse, isn't it? His 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 his, his lack of want to to self promote has given people like you, Ivan Masso, you know, gift the gift shop film, they've they've become. And you know the Daily Mail do it, trying to do a reveal. It's almost like, despite him not wanting to promote himself, people are promoting him around the world. Yeah, yeah, and and Stuart, even the whole, whatever you want to call it, the yeah, the, the whatever, the unofficial merchandise or the you know the fake works that are on the fake. You know, near where I live in Bristol, there is a rat that is a Banksy rat, but it is oh, it is no doubt fake, but it is. It's 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 keeping the awareness there, isn't it? You know, it's mm. um, and and that's like we've I think like we're saying that is quite interesting. Now, now one exactly of the things why exactly why <laughs> why he has captured so many people's imaginations to go to the efforts like I've gone to make a, a, an independent film or even to, to, to cut a stencil. To, to cut a stencil just like he, no doubt, cut a stencil to make a faithful rendition and um, and even to print, you know, unofficial calendars and coasters and and, and posters and canvases and you know he he there's there's a huge amount of of, of Banksy merchandise to buy, isn't there? Huge. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, and like I say, it is it is literally just like a night tick now. You you can put it on stuff. And people can feel associated, whether it's a fake. It's a bit like in India, where you've got the um, the market in fake Pepsi Cola plastic bags and things like that, because the brand is so strong for some reason, and Pepsi don't mind because it doesn't do them any harm. Um, they don't yeah. try and stop it. Um, but look, part of what I like to do with the podcast is look at the process of filmmaking as much as what the film's about. Yeah. Um, now, um, from a from a UK independent documentary filmmaker's point of view. What what was your process for bringing bringing this film together? How did you compile the interviews? Did the, did the interviews lead from one to another? Did you have a did you have a narrative you were trying to do from the start, or was it a kind of search and destroy mission where it was kind of like what I get is what I find? Yeah, I, I for me at times, Stuart. That's how I. That's how I. I've I've, I've always I've always approached my documentary filmmaking in in that kind of way and um what in a, as in a search and find way 
Yeah, as in, <clears throat> there's, there's it, you know, I see, I see quite a distinction between drama, drama which can be very controlled and, and everyone is kind of very agreed on what's going to happen that day. Um, yeah. Things change, obviously, as in, okay, it doesn't work so well for you to enter from the left of frame, so let's change it around and you should enter from the right and, you know, let's move move the desk and stuff because that's not making it easy. Um, documentary, for me, I think, is the world out there, you don't know what it does, do you, the world out there? It does does what it does. And so, as you know, my interviewing technique is I arrange an interview with somebody and I... <clears throat> We arrange, I arrange a location where they're comfortable and I set the cameras up and I press record and I aim to just talk for an hour um, and I don't, I, don't really, I don't really want somebody to re-say something. I won't ask them to re-say it um, and I'll let the, let the, let the hour happen. And, and, and that's in some ways that started off just being defined by the length of the tape. The tapes can be about an hour long and then... And then, yeah, and then it is, <clears throat> and then the other, because the other thing is moving, yeah, you move from interview to interview. The other thing is whether whether you're given access. No, you don't, why, why, why does somebody want to sit and talk to you on camera is, is, is always a kind of interesting question. And what is it? One of the ways maybe that's a bit tricky to convince somebody, you don't, I've, I've, never, I've never used money to to convince somebody to, to interview. Um, I, you, I think one of the convincing factors is you travel to them, you make it fairly easy for them to, to talk and um, and you don't you aim not to misrepresent them, don't you? You because you ask them to sign a release form, which is, there's some uncomfortableness about that. Um, yeah. Um and and <clears throat> and the and the story goes the story goes where it goes, doesn't it? We, I mean, you, you know, as a filmmaker, you've got the kind of, to try and make something interesting, you've got to try and put your stamp on it, your voice. There's, this is what's always said, isn't it? And um, and so, you know, obviously for me, hopefully, hopefully I've, you know, hopefully I've progressed with Doco Banksy. It, it's, uh, it's a bit more interesting than some of my early stuff. Um, it was, you know, it's the first time I've, I've presented something that long, so you know I was I was challenged in many ways, and it was the first time I'd interviewed people in the art world, and 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 what and being involved with somebody who is who where there's a lot of interest right now. You know, my my documentary about mod culture, I interviewed. Um, uh, Damon Minchella from Ocean Colour Scene. So yeah, they you know they're a popular band, popular band at the time, but the mod culture is inherently old, isn't it? When yeah. I was making that that film was completed in two thousand and one, the culture was you know how before the six what the sixties on to two thousand it had been around for a while. Banksy was Banksy to you know to some degree when I began was still fresh and new, not as fresh and new as you know if I'd been in Bristol right at the start it would have been different but you know it was I was making Doco Banksy while Exit Through the Gift Shop was being made and obviously I had no idea Exit Through the Gift Shop was being made um, so yeah I mean Stuart it was as I said I'm never going to forget this am I and I've got 
I've, I've got no regrets. And, um, well, how, how, how do you cope with, I mean, in, in, in business speak, you have what's called um, project creep, where something you set off doing something and then as, you're st- as you start to do it, you unearth things and it starts to deviate away from where you think they started. And I certainly imagine in a 60-minute conversation, you can sit down with a perception about somebody and then they go, and he's my brother. And you're like, Jesus Christ, hold on, where are we now? So how, how do you rein in where you're going with the documentary as much as want to go with some of those revelations? Um, you, I, I, you know, I suppose if I talk about how I felt with, with Simon Hattonstone, if that he, if he, (laughs) as we know, as best as Simon could say, you know, I pretty much felt I met Banksy. So it's like, well, right. Okay. There's, there's something fairly solid, but he's still not saying I absolutely know. No, I found that funny, actually. I found that funny. It was good. That was 2003. And then part of me was like, right, I've got... And and I got Simon to say... Or did I get him? Or he decided to say some things about what Banksy looked like on that day. So I was like, right, okay, hang on a second. Have I I got close enough to the, the reveal thing there? Right, have I annoyed the Banksy camp now with that thing? And if I did... What could I do about it? I could just not present that footage. Um, so, you know, um, but I just, again, because I understand they've, they've worked it so well, um, that, cause that's what Simon said. He was like, maybe he was selling me this side of him. So, so I, I just, I just fed a bit more of the mystery anyway. Um, but so yeah, I would. I was. I got obviously got to. I like what I'm trying to say is, I guess maybe when I got to when I'd done the Simon Hatton, Hattonstone interview, it was like right. There's, and don't. There's nothing. There's not much to be gained by trying to go down the the reveal thing. So so what? I would. Because I, I nearly. I tried to interview Claudia Joseph, who wrote the Daily Mail piece, and she didn't want to interview. But if I'd been wanting to hammer down that reveal thing a bit more, I would have what hounded Claudia a bit more to say, "Come on, Claudia, it's fine. Let's just do it," you know. Mm. Um, but I was like, "No, let's let's go and talk about. Let's go and find something." You know, I interviewed Steve Wright, who did who did the Banksy book about Banksy's early work, and um, and you know, Stuart, yeah, the, the one one thing that I've you know to some degree, I, I you know, I'm kind of. I've let go the, the pro, I've let go of the project quite fully. Dominic, tell us tell us about the, the plans to release the film in the states. Right, well, there's there's a there's a distribution company. There is a there's a two year deal in place, and you know they. It's all right to say this, isn't it? They want to exploit the American market. They're happy that I'm their little bit of Banksy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know and. And you know, as we know, if it sells all right into the American market, oh, it will benefit me in hopefully some monetary terms, and but also maybe my credibility as a as a filmmaker will will develop because because it will be publicly seen that this film is you know making its way through the American market. And, and this is your first feature length documentary, yeah? Yeah, 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 it is, yeah. So, so what other projects have you got in the pipeline? I mean, when we first met, you were showing a snippet of 
a house music documentary, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That that's still that's that's that is still you know that's kind of that is around. But I you know in, in I've got um I've got a film about Gimpo and the M twenty five spin um which has been going since two thousand and nine. And that's a long project because the M25 spin is a 25-year project by Gimpo that began in 2000, in about 1997. So I'm, I'm, I've interviewed Gimpo now five times. I will interview him again in March next year, which is when the M25 spin. What is the project? Again. I don't know. The, I don't know this project. What is it? Well, Gimpo, as you may know, Gimpo, you know, he filmed. He filmed the Million Pounds Burning in 1994. Okay, right, okay. And um, and then the first spin, as I say, was was Gimpo was on it, Bill Drummond was on it, and a guy called Mr Green. And the idea was to drive around the M25 for 25 hours, and there's a there's a video camera in the middle of the, the front of the windscreen, the front of the van, and and the footage. There's footage of them driving around the M25, and and that that initially was going to be the art piece. That you know that was that art piece. Okay. Um, but then Gimpo decided to continue it, um, and so has now done what would this year would have been what something like year seventeen. Um, and yeah, it, yeah, like I was saying about Amazing. banks, it's, it's captured my imagination. I'm, yeah, I like the KLF. I like what they did. Um, mm. You know, the, the burning a million, a million pounds is very difficult, is controversial, is annoying and all that kind of stuff. But there's, you know, a lot was, you know, a lot was created around the KLF and Bill Drummond and Jimmy Coulty. And, and here's Gimpo making this, making this work that, you know, you, ne it, you never know. It may, it may never get that widely known, but, but he, there he is. He just, he's doing it and, and that's... It's going to be part of his legacy, isn't it? I mean, uh, making a work of art that took twenty-five years to make um, is is I is is that's put is that that's pushing the boundaries, isn't it? Is that avant-garde? It, it most probably is, isn't it? I mean, well, most it just is. It is what it is, isn't it? I mean, there's a there's a Brian Eno piece of work that Archangel have um, have funded, which it won't do a complete. It's it's a sequences of noise. And it won't have done every single sequence, I think, until a thousand years have evolved. Right. So, so that piece of work's not going to finish in anybody's lifetime for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think I think something like a twenty-five year project. I don't know how you begin to commit to it. It's um, is is it art? Is it obsession? Is, is it you know the two? Because the art is what you produce, or is the art the doing? Is the art the thinking in between? I mean, even even a twenty-five hour drive round the M25. Is in itself quite ridiculous, isn't it? When you, when you step back from it, yeah. But, but it's also fantastic as well because what you'll capture is that twenty-five hours, and nobody else will have done it. Yeah. It'll, it'll be in people's if, even if someone drove alongside you, all they'll have got is the memories, and you've got this document of having done it. Yeah, and you know he's Gimpo's been however you want to say it recorded or announced by Bill Drummond in. Bill Drummond, one of Bill Drummond's books, and Ian Sinclair, who walked around the M25, has has done it, has, has written about Gimpo as well. So he, well, it's, draw, he, it's drawing attention to something that is really ordinary, isn't it? The M25. I mean, it's making it extra. It's making. It, let's be honest. It's extraordinary. The M25, a massive motorway, freaking millions of cars drive on it. Yet 
we don't give it a second thought, do we? And the idea that the artist will say to us, look at that, don't, don't forget that's actually quite special, which, you know, coming back to where we started, that's not too dissimilar to, um, to what Banksy does in the built environment. He's sort of, he's going, you know, this isn't just ugly urban environment. Look, it's beautiful, but there are people around who, don't, who are not good. And he uses it for the, he does those two things with his work sometimes. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, and I think as we all, I think as we all try and understand, you know, that, that our happiness comes from enjoyment of small details, doesn't it, at times, you know, the, 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 mun, the mundane is not boring. Um, and and, and this, that's what a lot of, like we're touching on, that's what a lot of art is about, isn't it? I mean, you've just referred to Brian Eno. I like Brian Eno's work. I bought the Oblique Strategy cards, you know, which are these, you know, cards with words, words and sentences on to, to sort of help you think in different ways or just to enjoy that, again, that artefact. Um, and one of the cards just has the word water on it. That's all it has, you know, and it's just like, okay, so maybe that reminds you that water is soothing is something that we all need um it's the most refreshing drink and so you then you 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 draw you know we just yeah the, the whole the whole thing about the create you know that what what is it to be creative i mean i would argue that most people you know it's not that you have to be massively into art i mean cooking is is a is a thing that lots of people enjoy and that's very creative and it and it just it it you know whatever it is it soothes it, it does it does it does something doesn't it there's this always this sort of at times I feel this intangible thing of what why the hell do I why the hell do I enjoy that so much what if there's you know the whole hairs on your back of your neck why why is that happening when I'm just I'm only taking a picture or or even when you in, you know you enjoy at work whatever that work might be blimey I'm Sometimes people are nearly moved to tears with by looking at a painting or listening to some music, and we attach a lot to these things, don't we? Memories and well, I mean, Grayson Perry again, going back to his lectures recently, he he he, he was say, he got asked, you know, what makes a good artist, um, and he said, well, it's not about being good or bad because you know that's 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 something that the market or you know lots of other third parties decide, but the one thing is. People that make art, and whether that be, you know, a souffle or or a three D model of a huge chimp or whatever, um, they take the pleasure from the doing of it. Nobody yeah. takes the pleasure in beyond a gallerist in the sell. Obviously, if you need to pay your rent, you take pleasure in selling art. But actually, the reason for doing it isn't the selling of it. The reason is because you feel compelled, and the yeah. moment the moment you're no longer compelled to do something will be the moment you stop doing it. You know, I, I mean, I certainly know, you know. As a writer, I won't write if I don't feel compelled to write. And you know, as touch wood, you know that 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 com that compulsion remains. But you know, you know that you can't you can't force these things. And obviously, there's there's an interest in what if we did, you know. And I think that's the the kind of almost like childlike inquisitiveness of of the artist, which is, I guess, where the most successful ones are, is that they can they can keep that kind of level of inquiry in their mind all the time and just look at the world. Through different different lenses, rather than just taking it all at face value. Yeah, and it's and it's where and it's how we understand at times areas of progress take place, isn't it? That that's 
that's another reason why the arts are supported, isn't it? Um, that that there is this understanding that progress has taken place in 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 whatever way, you know, whether it is the progress relates to <clears throat> it means an, a new piece of technology is made or the technology is adjusted a bit. Um, well, well, even even you know, where does it start and where does it stop? Because at the moment, you're ma you've made a documentary about it now. Banksy hasn't made that, but Banksy has inspired you to do it you mm. know, in, 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 in indirect or direct ways. Yeah. So that, that's, that's an amazing thing in itself, you know, that, that his yeah. work has, has led to this documentary, you know. Yeah. No, well, look, I mean, look, sir, I think that we've, uh, we've covered lots of bases here and there'd be a lot for people to, uh, to chew on who are listening to this. Um, yeah. Now, it's released, it's got a US release, you say, in January. Yeah. How do people in the UK get to see it? Can they get it via this US distribution deal, or is it going to be available? They, well, you got a they might be able to, or, or they, you know, they can they can contact me directly, or and they can go, which can be done through www.docobanksy.com, okay. um, and Doco Banksy's on Facebook and Twitter. Um, so I, I or Doco Banksy is very very contactable and if you talk to me nicely at times I'll send you stickers and you might see a sticker on the street um so and it's there's still quite a few stickers in my box at the moment but there may well be um, there's may well be a new design because it part of me feels that um these stickers need to continue um, okay to well look, well I'll, I'll put the uh, the links and the twitter addresses and stuff with the information that goes alongside the podcast okay sir it's the Brit Links.com podcast. It's the Brit Links.com podcast.